What's up, Sitwits? I've got a question for you. Where do you keep your race medals? If you're like most people, they're probably tangled up in a shoebox somewhere or buried in a closet. Well, Kudos encourages you to bring those keepsakes out into the open with a new race metal display case that doubles as a coaster. They were recently featured in Runner's World. The Kudos Coaster Plus allows you to preserve and display your race medals while you enjoy some coffee or a nice cold beverage. So today's episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network is brought to you by Kudos. We were able to get an early peek at the Kudos Coaster Plus back in October, and I've been using them ever since. The Kudos Coaster Plus comes with a removable top so that you can switch out the race medals as you collect more, and it has six different colored foam inserts so you can match the background with the color of your medal. I recently just moved into a new apartment in New York, and I've got a few of my marathon medals out on my coffee table displayed in my Kudos Coaster. They're more compact and less expensive than display cases or wall-mounted frames. The Kudos Coaster Plus allows you to show your passion for running in a functional and simple way. So to learn more about the Kudos Coaster Plus, click the link in the show notes or the banner on SidiousMag.com. And if you make a purchase, part of the sales come back to Sidious Mag so we can continue to keep churning out the running-focused content that you enjoy. Celebrate those races year-round and have a drink on them. Check it out, and kudos to you. My guest for today's show is Brogan Austin, who not a lot of people know about. So over the weekend, Brogan won the 2018 USATF Marathon Championships, which were hosted by the California International Marathon out in Sacramento. I was out there to cheer on a friend of mine who was chasing an Olympic trials qualifier. And from my vantage point and a lot of people's uh vantage point on even the broadcast, it looked like Matt Yano, someone who's been on this podcast before, was going to totally run away with this race. Matt Yano has like about, I think, a 211 or 212 personal best, and he took off running from the start, pretty much pulling a Parker Stinson move from last year, and except Parker blew up around mile 20 or 21. For Matt, it looked like he, no one was going to catch him until with about less than a mile to go, Brogan just passes him and ends up winning the whole race in two hours, 12 minutes, and 38 seconds. It was a huge, huge breakthrough for Brogan, uh, who entered with a much, much slower personal best. So on this episode, you're going to learn a lot about who is Brogan Austin, which is a question everyone was wondering on the internet on Sunday morning. So we get to the bottom of it. We learn about his training as well as his uh, buildup for the race, which was not perfect. And uh, pretty much everything there is to know about the 2015 Drake graduate from Boone, Iowa. So without further ado, let's start the show. So we're joined now on the Sidious Mag podcast by Brogan Austin, who just won the CIM Marathon, new U.S. Marathon champion. So I guess, Brogan, the question everyone's wondering is, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I keep saying seeing that phrase thrown around and it just cracks me up, but I, it's a very valid question. I, I don't know. I think I've gone under the radar for a long time and I... I don't know. I really haven't proved my worth until uh, this last race, but 
Uh, just just a small town guy from Iowa, and uh, went to went to Drake University, and I ran with Reed Fisher, of course, who's on Continent Elite. And uh, now I'm still I'm still living in Des Moines, Iowa, working full time and uh, trying to make this running thing work. Yeah. So what is your full time job? Um, so right now I'm currently a project manager. Uh, I, I work in I.T. So I, I manage project teams to build applications or implement systems or applications into um, insurance companies. Uh, so basically an adult babysitter. <laughs> what's that work, lightly, I guess. Yeah. What's that work week like for you, I guess, in terms of just like hours and then when are you getting these training runs in? Yep. Yep. So, um, typically it's eight to five or eight to four. My, my job's super flexible, so I can usually come in and go when I need to, but, um, typically I'll get in at eight and just eat during the workday and then leave at four. And then for running, uh, whenever we have doubles, I'll do my shorter double in the morning and get up around six or something like that. And then usually my bigger workouts are, are after work and I'll, I'll start them around five or something. But if it's cold outside, I'll, I'll maybe complain for a little bit longer and try to get out the door. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, just uh, got a routine going and it's been working lately. So uh, just been plugging away. What's the running like in Des Moines, Iowa? I know I was there for the U S championships during the summer and it was yeah, yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, they they do. Drake does a great job of of hosting championship events, especially Drake relays. Uh, and I'm pretty biased about that because I went to Drake University, of course. But uh, it's whenever those events are put on, it's the, the community really rallies behind it and uh, fully supports it. Um, but outside of that, it's I would say Des Moines is still in the early stages of a running community. We have some great bike trails. Um, that I don't take full advantage of. Uh, I actually get made fun of all the time because I, I run the same route every single day and uh, just do an out and back. I don't do anything creative. I, I like to make the thinking of running as, as least as possible. So I, I don't think about it and just go out the door and run the same route and usually do an out and back. But And it's it's a, a pretty nice trail that I have to run on. So um, it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah, my friend DT McDonald who works at one of the running stores. It's the same one that Reed Fisher worked at. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He's, I asked him, yeah I, texted him. yeah, I texted him, I think after your, your race and I was like, Hey, what do you know about Brogan? And he was just like, all I know is that dude just crushes. And like, he's just seen around town, just same route every day. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. I actually, uh, I run for fitness sports. So they, they have supported me. They helped me with shoes and stuff. So uh, they're huge in the running community in Des Moines and, uh, I remember even in high school, I lived like 50 minutes away from Des Moines, but I would, I would drive up to Des Moines to get my shoes from fitness sports uh, just because they, they had all the, the shoe specialists. specialists. So uh, it was almost like a, a childhood dream to, to run for fitness sports. So that was um, a really cool realization when that finally happened. Originally from Boone, Iowa? Yep. 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 So what's, it's like a, what's in Boone, Iowa? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a famous question too. So my dad drives trains. He, uh, he's a train engineer and that's one of the, the big draws for Boone is, um, it's one of the big stops along the way. Um, 
the Union Pacific runs east to west and um, cuts through Iowa and uh, one of the main stopping points. So uh, my dad drove trains and that's what, why we were stuck in Boone per se. And um, I don't know. It's, it's a great little community. Um, they love trains. <laughs> they have great donuts, Dutch oven bakery. Uh, I, I live for donuts and it's all because of them, but uh, I, I love the community there and uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I love growing up there. So before we get into your run at the CIM marathon, uh, I guess like, let's, let's talk a little bit about your college career. So you graduated from Drake with PRs. I think it was like 1359 and 2932. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you're done there, what's, what's the feeling you had? walking away from I guess your college team and did you still think like hey I, I can improve upon this and how long did you want to keep going yeah so I I had a very disappointing college career I I don't know I, out of high school I uh, I guess early in high school I had some early success and then I had some coach reach out to me and then I had a lot of success my my senior year and then I I was planning to run at a community college, but then uh, last minute got an offer to run division one at Drake. So I, I scooped up that opportunity and then uh, just tried to keep implementing the same philosophies that we used in high school. And I just got too carried away and really overtrained. And I really never blossomed in college because of it. I, I, I had some early success in my freshman year. I ran, uh, 2952 and the 10k as a freshman and then just really never performed to my full potential after that just because like I said I was caught on that you needed to do the most to be the best and um, I was always burnt out I always had anemia and I was always injured and whenever I could rally together a couple healthy weeks I could I'd do a little bit of something and um, I remember distinctly after my my last race in, in college, it was at the, the regionals in Austin, Texas. And I, I finished 16th overall. And I was, I was so burnt out at that point in time. And, uh, I went up to my coach and I would just expressed how frustrated I was. I'm like, I, cause I like every now and then I would feel these bouts of like, Oh my goodness. I, this is what it feels like to be good. This is what it feels like to be fast. And I would have these awesome workouts I'm like, I, I know I'm, I can be really good. Um, but I was just never able to uncover that because I was overtraining so much. So yeah, like I said, after the season, I, I'm like, I, I'm fully committed to under training and I'm like, I know I'm capable of these times and I'm not going to stop until I, I prove to myself that I am worth my worth. Yeah. So and this was something that I think people were talking about afterwards because your workouts are on Strava and people can see what you've been doing and they see a lot of your training runs have been, I guess, kind of around seven minute pace. And is that just part of now taking it easy and scaling it back more? Um, I think I've always done the take the easy days, easy approach. Um, but even more so now it's, I, it's, I don't know. I just, it's just, like a common sense thing that makes more and more sense as I'm training with 10 men, uh, that recovery and under training is infinitely more important than hitting these big workouts. And I know like 
in the running community, everybody knows that. That's that's such a common phrase, and everybody says it. But for me, I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely undertrain. You got to undertrain. You don't you don't want to overtrain. But um, Tinman's philosophies force you to um, undertrain and uh, lets you be fresh all the time and really perform at a, a high level at, at really any time of the year. Yeah. So let's, let's get into how you found and decided to, to run for uh, Tin Man because I got some intel on you a little bit before we started doing this. And it, I was told that you had maybe considered quitting the sport like six months ago or whatever it was. Um, I don't know if I would ever have quit this sport, but I was definitely frustrated. I, I am a huge competitor. My brother and I, we probably gave my mom a huge headache all growing up because we, everything is a competition. Like we couldn't play a board game without someone getting in a fight. And, uh, we both have this mentality where we just have to win every week. There's no, the option of losing is not an option. So, um, after college, I, I just trained myself. Um, like I said, I, I tried to undertrain. Like I would only do one workout a week in a long run and I would just do like 12 miles easy pretty much every day. And I had some success. I think like all the hard training that I did in college kindly, like finally resurfaced after. So I had a little bit of success. And then, uh, after a couple of years, I plateaued and then everybody who I used to be were making these huge gains and I was getting beat and, uh, and races where I used to be winning, I was getting like third or fourth. And, um, I was getting extremely frustrated. I, I, I don't know. It, like I said, my competitive mentality, I'm like, this is something has got to change. And I, I know Joe Rogan always does this, but says this, but, uh, it's like our biggest failures are, are like some of the most important things because it drives us to do something different makes us like look at things and critique things and that's sort of been my my catchphrase for the years like I had so much failure like the past six months I, I couldn't take it anymore and then I I went to the USA uh, track championships and I saw Reed there and he just crushed and he got fourth at at the outdoor championships and then I saw Tyler Mueller who was also an old training partner of mine and, uh, he, he did super well. And then, uh, Sam Parsons who just had and drew hundred, just all of these examples of doing well. And I had been training by myself. I'm like, something has got to change. So I like researched 10 man and I reached out to him and I said, Hey, like I need to make some big changes. I think I'm going to go, um, try out this marathoning thing. And I have no idea what I'm doing. What did you the rest has been history since then yeah so when you when you mentioned these failures what was the lowest point where you and where you felt the worst oh man i i I don't know i just felt like it was every little thing was there are these little podunk races in iowa that (laughs) really i i I should be winning hands down but i mean there are just some good folks that come there like I'm, I'm not losing to some scrubs like these, these are still high quality folks, but in, in my opinion, I, I feel like I should, should beat them nine times out of 10. And, um, just every race was like another reiteration that like Brogan, you're not doing things right. You need to change things. 
And so I, I had like a series of three or four races where I just, every single time it's like, nope, you didn't do it right again. Didn't do it right again. And, uh, when I saw a read, that was probably the biggest click. That should be me. Like, there's no reason why that can't be me. So I, I instantly wanted to make a change. What was, what was it like when you and Reed were in college? Like, what were workouts like? Were you just always together? Were you ahead of him all the time? Oh, uh, Reed, Reed was a scrub in coming into college. He was, he was like <laughs> a nine, 944. No, and that's nothing to like to undervalue. Like breaking 10 minutes is a huge accomplishment. Like everything he'd done had, had been really good. Um, but I, I always joke with him that, he he came in as a 944 two miler and I I think I had just run like 1359 or in the 5k and I remember him saying he he says I'm gonna beat your PRs uh some like your school record someday I'm like okay okay we'll we'll see and uh sure enough he crushed everything that I ever did but he's just a hard worker and earned everything that that he had and uh so when he was a freshman, I think I was a senior. And uh, so we didn't really get, get a workout together, um, but he could definitely kick my butt now. Uh, <laughs> but it's been an interesting dynamic. I, I think I, I kind of helped him a little bit uh, his freshman year. And then uh, he's definitely paid dividends back to me. I mean, he's inspired me in, in more ways than one too, to, to change things. And, uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I don't, I don't know that I would be uh, talking to you right now. So, uh, I can't thank him enough to. So I'm going to sprinkle in some of these questions that we got from listeners. And so Matthew Luke Meyer asks, what made the biggest impact on you once you started working with Tin Man? Um, you know, it's, it's just the workouts. So it's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to explain his magic, but there are like core workouts that we'll do and, um, they are reoccurring sometimes. And when I, I, so the first time I did it, I could, I couldn't even make it through maybe a third of it. And then each couple of weeks I uh, would get it a little bit further and a little bit further and things were getting easier and I could just physically feel myself getting into shape. It was, I've never felt anything like it before. I could just feel myself recovering faster. I could feel, um, my body just feeling more relaxed at, at, at easy paces. Um, so I don't know that that was kind of like the biggest thing for me was just, just the workouts and seeing that come along. But you're not with the 10 minute in Boulder. So how's it work for you yeah. when, when he, uh, sends along workouts and coaches, coaches. Is it yeah. a weekly phone call? How's that work? Yeah. So we actually go, we use final surge and, um, we have all the workouts documented online and I just have a, a training log and then he'll, he'll put in some comments and say, Hey, this is the workout. These are the, the, um, paces and these are the, the recovery times. And we'll, we'll just communicate back and forth via email or text or, or whatnot. And, uh, most of the time things are pretty straightforward. And then, uh, I, I usually just go hop on the treadmill and, and get my workouts in. So 
that's <laughs> that's the key part too is is the treadmill stuff you, if from i think what i read after this race is that you do a majority or a lot of it on a treadmill oh yeah for sure so i i get made fun of a lot for doing all my workouts it'll be 60 degrees and sunny and perfect outside and i'll go hop on the treadmill just because it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just a huge mental thing for me. Uh, I always, I'm a, I'm a math major, so I'm a math guy. I'm a big numbers guy and I always get caught in the numbers and there are a lot of external factors for workouts. So, uh, going on the treadmill, I keep my environment the same. I, I know how I should feel and, um, i I can hit exactly the paces I need to hit. I don't really have to think about it. And so it, it's a big confidence booster and it's, it reassures me in a lot of things. And then also I get to watch uh, Jeopardy and Ellen. So I get, I get to stay on top of those things as well. <laughs> so long runs and all that has that, not on the treadmill. Though. No, yeah, not on the treadmill. Uh, yeah. I'll, it's, it's basically just like if I have any, any type of workout, that's, that's what I'll do along uh, on the treadmill, but easy days, long runs, I'll, I'll go outside for sure. Do you know offhand if, I know it was set not too long ago, like the half marathon world record, like on the treadmill. Like, would you go after that? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to, as to what it is. Yeah, it was, I think it was set not too long ago. I think the same weekend as like the Boston marathon, it was some guy from, from Hoka, like I think did it. Um, yeah. Maybe something you should huh? look huh? into. Yeah, maybe I should look into that. <laughs> uh, so let's get into this weekend's race. So for the most part, the way I saw it and the way a lot of people saw it on like if they were watching a live stream, it was just a camera on Matt Yano for 20, for 25 miles or so. And he oh, took yeah. off and there was maybe a couple shots of like the chase pack. From your vantage point, what was going on in that chase pack? Because a lot of people didn't get to see. Yeah, uh, it, there was not a lot. It was, it was very relaxed. Uh we're just clicking off like anywhere from five minute to five Oh seven pace the whole time. And there were a couple of people who, who, who shot up and, and tried to make their break for the podium. But, um, I don't know. There, there was not a lot of action going on, uh, per usual in a marathon, but we were, we were just hanging tight. And I think all of us had the same game plan of taking it out easy and around 66 and 67, and then trying to ratchet it down the, the second half of the race. And, uh, you know, my, my goal going into the race was to win. Uh, we, I had conversations with, with Tom and he, he's like, Rogan, I think you can run two ten twenty eight, And I think you're going to, you're going to, at mile 21, you're going to be feeling good. You're going to be running five minute pace and people are going to start falling off and you're just going to pull away for the win. And, uh, I, I just eat up everything he says. So when he said that, I don't, I was, I was so pumped. I think I texted like five other people. I'm like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win the race. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think I slept for a couple nights after that, but I'm, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm so pumped right now. Like I'm, I'm so confident in what he's been giving me and, uh, I'm, I'm just ready for this race to happen. And, uh, the rabbit, uh, my, so I'm, I'm sponsored by rabbit. It's a running apparel company based in California and uh, they had they wanted to have a press release before the race, so one of the questions was, "What what's your goal for the race?" I'm like, "Do I say it here?" I'm like, "I just put win period," um, <laughs> and I I said in the comments, "I'm like, 
I, I plan for CIM to be my coming out party to be a contender for the 2020 Olympics. And uh, after I sent it, I was like, man, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, man, I'm, I sound like one of those cocky uh, people that everybody hates, but you know, like that, ah, whatever. I, I'll just try to own it. Um, uh, but that was, yeah, that was eating me live in the back of my mind, but I'm like, you know what? Uh, Tom said it, so I'm going to say it too. And I got to commit to it. And then, uh, we just, we just talked game plan the whole time. And, uh, like I said, I'm just trying to go out, run 66, 67 conservative and, uh, and really make a move for that, for that second half. So, well, so when Matt, uh, went away at the very beginning, I wanted to go with him so bad. Uh, I'm like, he, he's a smart runner. He's going to run around two, 210, 211. I know his PR was like 212. So he was cooking off five minute pace. And I'm like, well, Tom said I'm in that kind of shape. So I should go, I could go with him. But he also told me to go on 66, 67. So I sat back with the pack and uh, that was pretty frustrating the whole time. I'm like, I want to go faster. I want to go faster. And uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of stuck to the game plan and stayed patient. And, and even at, uh, at mile 21, they're like, Matt is two minutes ahead. I was like, gosh, dang it. Like there goes, there goes my goal. I'm like, I'm, there's no way I'm catching him. Uh, I'm like, he's still cooking off the same time as us. There's no way I can catch him. So I'm like, ah, I think I can get second place though. Um, so I was, I could see second place in the distance. So I was kind of biding my time and I thought about making a move at mile 21, but it's, it's like unknown territory. I didn't want to make a move and then blow up. So that, that made me pretty scared as well. So uh, I bided my time a little bit longer. And then at mile 23, I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to make a move. There's too many, there are too many good guys around here. Like I saw like Martin here, uh, Brandon Gregg and a bunch of other big dog names that I used to look up and look up to in college. And now I was running alongside of them. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try to go catch this guy in second place. And I don't know. It felt better than I, I thought it felt. I had marathon legs, but when I made the move, I, I, I ran like a 452 and I caught the third place guy. And then the, the second place guy was, I don't know, not too far ahead too. So uh, it, 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 the stars in making my move with, with 5k to go. And then having those many like objectives, a lot scattered along those three miles. Like I caught the third place guy and then my next focus was catching the second place guy. And then I didn't even know Matt was coming back until I passed the second place guy because I and try to figure out. And then I saw the, the flashing lights and I'm like, Oh my, he's, he's not too far ahead. I'm like, he's definitely not two minutes ahead. And, uh, I was like with a mile to go. And I said, just, just stay, calm and cool keep clicking off your paces I, th I think i clicked off a 445 mile then i'm like oh yes i'm like we're really getting the ball rolling now so i'm i'm like don't go any faster don't go any slower like let's stay smooth not cramp up or blow up and uh he just started coming back and it was i had i didn't look back either i didn't know if anybody went with me or not i was just running scared the whole time so i don't know i just kept the ball rolling and uh, things that worked out pretty well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the Tin Man phrase right there. It's just keeping the ball rolling. Yeah. Keep the ball rolling. Exactly. 
Mariano says he didn't see, didn't like hear you or see you when you came up on him. Like, were you just like sneakily yeah. gonna make this pass? <laughs> well, I I don't know. I, yeah, I'm I'm surprised like nobody said anything or yeah. I'm I'm I I feel terrible for the dude. He definitely ran the tougher race and definitely like earned what he got and uh, kind of end rough the way it did. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know just when I caught up to him, I made sure just make a strong move when I went by him and uh, didn't want him to latch on or anything. But yeah, I mean, we're in the the middle of no man's land. There wasn't a bunch of people saying stuff, but yeah, I'm sure that it came as a surprise, especially it was only about 600 meters to go when I passed him. So I I felt kind of bad, but I I don't know. It was, it just worked out for me, I guess. <laughs> but at the end, when you said you were clicking off, like it was like a 444, 445 at the very end, and you said yeah. you didn't want to go any faster or slower, could you have gone faster? Like, did you feel that good? Yeah, I think I could have. I think I, I, I had some more gears there, but my legs were starting to feel a little shaky, and um, I didn't want them to give out or I didn't want to blow up. Um, so I was, I was trying to be a conservative just because the, the marathon is just a whole different beast and things don't work normally. Like in, like in a 10 K or five K, like in a 10 K or five K, I, I know my body pretty well and I can feel out what I can and can't do. Whereas the marathon, it's, it's still something I'm trying to figure out and learn. And uh, yeah. So I, when I, when I was making my move, I knew he was coming back at a, at a rate that was, going to be enough for me to catch him before the finish line and um yeah so i I just i just tried to hold what i was running it's still two minutes off of tin man's kind of like projection for you so i mean like is that just well first off when you guys first started planning out this marathon i mean the 210 was something that came not too long ago, like just kind of like what he summarized based off of everything that you, all of your training. What was it at the very beginning of training? What was the initial goal? Uh, at the beginning of training, I, so I, I sent him like a, a spreadsheet of, of all my goal times. I said, my goal is to break 48.20 in the 10 mile. I want to break 63.20 in the half. And I want to break 2.15 in the marathon. And he said, let's not get carried away. Let's not worry about time. Like it's, it's going to be your first real marathon and we're just going to run the day how it is. So we, and that it was still early on. So we didn't really know what kind of shape I'm, I like my potential was, or like what I could run. Like me, I, I don't really know anything, but I, I always set these high goals. Um, and I'm like, this is the time I think I'm, um, I'm able to run and that's, that's what I'm going to train to to run. And, uh, Tom's philosophy is to like run at at your current fitness and, um, modify it as like you progress. And, um, as the season progressed, I hit faster and faster race times. And then, so the goals just kept changing and changing. And then after I ran my 62, 39, he, ha- he has all these formulas and calculators and he's like, you can run. That's why the marathon time is so precise. He's like, you can run a 210, 28 marathon. He's like, I, I, know, I know you can do that right now. That's, that's your fitness level. I'm like, 
okay, that's my goal time, 21028. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's really fun to work with him. Uh, and he's just a genius at what he does. And it's it's completely unorthodox, the, the training that we do. It's like in, in a typical marathon buildup, you would think you would do like a 13-mile tempo or like a like 10 by mile repeats, but we never did. I never touched marathon pace once. Like I never did any marathon specific training and, and, it, and I ran a two twelve marathon, which is to me, if you would have told me that's, that was going to be my training and that's how things were going to work out. I, I wouldn't have believed you. And I was just completely ridiculous. Now as a tree had a sinus infection this week, like leading yeah. to the marathon. Oh my goodness. I, it was honestly my worst nightmare. I just like for the past three weeks, I've been uh, drinking tons of vitamin C. I've been trying to go to bed early. I've been uh, avoiding uh, hanging out with people. I'm like, guys, I don't, I know I like, it'd be fun to go do something tonight, but I, I really want to stay in. And on Thursday, the day before I flew out, I woke up with a sore throat and uh my my tonsils were swollen and like my throat was all messed up and i i about had a panic attack i i called the doctor's office right away i was like yo what's going on um, and i was freaking out at work and i was complaining to all my coworkers and they're like you probably just have strep throat like you can you'll get a shot and you'll be fine and uh uh, I talk about having anxiety. I, I, I don't know. I was stressed out and, and I, and I had made that commitment to rabbit saying, Oh, I'm going to win. And now I have this, this sinus, like this, this, this virus. And, uh, man, I didn't, I didn't sleep at all leading up to the marathon. I, I probably slept three hours each night and it was absolutely eating me alive. And my throat hurt every, like just got worse and worse. And on Saturday, I, uh, so I actually, actually it happened on Wednesday and, uh, coach told me to take the day off. And then, uh, the other days I just ran five miles easy because it, I don't know, it gives me anxiety when I don't run. Uh, and then the day, the day before the race, that, that was the worst I had felt. Like I, I, uh, went out for an easy run and, I felt absolutely terrible. My higher heart rate was through the roof and uh, I wasn't recovering on my run. And I'm like, this is not going to be good race. Like I, I, I I was just so frustrated. Like I put in six months of work and I'm new. I was about to have this huge breakthrough and it all gets ruined the day before with this, this, I don't even know what it was. And then uh, the morning of the race, I woke up. I'm like, I think I feel okay. Like I actually feel, this is like, that was like the first day I felt okay. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to do, we're going to stick to the plan that coach said, and we're going to, we're going to go win. So I, I, I don't know. I got so lucky. The, the, The stars absolutely aligned for me. And I I've heard that your, your body, overcompensates when you're sick a little bit. So maybe I got that, that extra, extra performance there at the end. Cause I was a little sick. I don't know. My, my throat's still a little sore, but I, I'm, it's, it's not too bad. 
Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So how do you feel, I guess, because right now the U.S. marathon, uh, the U.S. men's marathon estate is in a place where after New York, there was so much criticism where Jared Ward even, I think, had a very long Instagram post about it where people were just saying, it's like, oh, wow, like it's really hard to get excited over another 212 guy, another 213 guy. You just added your name to that list. And it's like, we're going to go into the trials. There's, you know, Galen, well, he just had surgery. So who knows how he's going to come back from that. And then it's just like, it's a wide open race for the next two spots. And people are getting kind of upset about like, oh, you know, we're just going to field a team of 212, 213 guys to the Olympics. And it's not, it's, it's like that star power isn't there for them to go and like contend for a medal. So I guess like, how do you respond to just like that, that lull that people are feeling right now? Given that you just yeah. added your your at you added your name to that list, Tin Man thinks you're a two ten guy deep down inside. So I mean, like, yeah, where yeah. where do you kind of see yourself in this landscape, and where do you see it going in the next uh, next couple? I guess almost it's less than two years now till Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't, I really don't think too much about time. We anybody can go out on on a fast course and run a quick time, but I I think like placing means everything. Jared Jared Ward is sort of our, um, I don't know, he'll be our beacon for, for 2020. And he, he, I mean, he did all right last Olympics and he's got, uh, I mean, a two twelve PR as well. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that, that alone should be enough. It's, it's not about how fast you can run the, the Olympic, uh, course is not going to be a fast flat course. It's going to be hot and humid. Nobody needs to run fast. You just have to be, um, acclimated, to, to the environment. And, um, that's, that's like a, like a, um, like a, a, a trail runner, like a good mountain trail runner is going to outperform Galen Rutt in, in a, in a mountain race. And so we just have to find the right people who are like conducive to the specific environment. And Atlanta is going to set that up for us perfectly with a, with a hilly and hot course. And, um, I think we'll find a 212 to 213 marathoner who's going to be really good at that environment and we'll be able to run a 212 on a hilly hot course which will um I think is good enough to be in contention for for an Olympic medal. Uh I I think I don't know I guess I'm I'm pretty biased now that I'm in it but uh US marathoning the, the the field is just getting so much more and more depth and we don't have the, the super fast front runners. That's, I mean, that's, there's no denying that, but we're getting more and more depth and uh, that's only going to lead to eventually someone will have a breakthrough time and, and, and running these fast times. Like at, at CIM, we just had monster depth of people under 215, which is super exciting for the sport. And, um, hopefully inspires other people to, to jump up to the marathon or train for the marathon or, or even continue training after college. But, uh, as far as how I fit in the picture, um, I don't know. I'm maybe I should, uh, blog another post about, uh, being top three at the Olympic trials. As I guess, as long as I commit to it, anything can happen. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, all right, let's get to some of these listener questions that were sent in. Um, 
So Sam Parsons, who listens to this podcast pretty often, uh, asks, when are you moving to Boulder to make a bid for the 2020 team with the <laughs> Yeah, those guys are giving me a hard time. I, I, I have some serious decisions to make over the, over the next couple of weeks and try to figure out my life and what, what work is going to look like and where, where I'm going to be living. I don't know. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of things on the table, and I just got to, I don't know, take some time and think seriously about things. Uh, Sarah asks, what's your strength routine, if any, uh, during your training? Uh, that's definitely my worst uh, component. I am very lazy when it comes to, to strength. Um, but I do uh, like to do after my workouts, um, I'll do a core routine. So I'll do like push ups, pull ups, and then uh, it's about like 10 minutes of core. So I, I just do um, the, the, the core necessities. But I would like to um, start looking into that. And I know the 10 men elite do provide that, that option there. So I might have to start looking into that. <laughs> We've got a couple of people who have asked about your name. So it's like one, someone asks, like, what's it like living with two first names? And then another person, how'd you get the name Brogan? Yeah. Uh, so I, I get called Austin all the time. And so God bless all the Austins out there who, who, who ruined it for me. Uh, but I, I honestly, I love my, my first name. It's unique. My mom gave us all unique names. So my siblings are uh, Tashington, uh, Chandler and Amara. And uh, so she is quirky in that way and likes to do quirky things. She, she owns an antique store uh, called Junk Refunkery. So that so she heard brogan on a tv show once and i i think that's how i i got got my name actually a fun fact brogan uh means shoe in irish so she knew i was gonna be runner probably before i i came out of the land (laughs) just looking out for me uh let's see nick lemon asks describe your ideal pb and j type of bread jelly and pb how do you cut it (laughs) uh i mean you know, it, it depends on the day. Um, most of the time I like crunchy peanut butter, uh, but you got to put the peanut butter on first. I'm, I'm a wheat bread guy. Um, probably just cause it's healthy. And then, uh, jelly definitely on last gobs of jelly for sure. And then I don't, I don't cut, I don't cut it. I'm, I don't know if that's weird or not, but I'm just a straight up normal PB and J guy. <laughs> Uh, Garen asks, did you have any doubts during the race? And if so, how'd you push through those doubts? It seemed like for me, from I just listening to the way you told your kind of like race recap, you were pretty confident, just sitting comfortable the entire time. Yeah. So to be honest, uh, halfway, I had some doubts. I, it's so that for the first half of, um, CIM, there's a lot of rollers in there. So it, it took it out of my legs and just like as an initial gauge, I'm like, I think that took a lot more out of my legs than I was expecting. So I got a little bit nervous and I'm like, man, I think I, I think I may have gone out a little too fast. Um, but I, I don't know. I just try to stick with things and stay relaxed. And then, uh, I was really concerned about fueling cause I, I know people always hit the wall and they bonk just cause they don't have enough calories. So I, that was a huge thing for me. I, that gave me so much that gave me a lot of anxiety too. I'm like, am I eating enough calories? Cause I, I did some calculations and I knew I had to eat like at least 500 calories. And so I was 
trying to take in all my views and, and, and make it through. But um, at, at mile 21 is like really when like the wall or the, the wall starts to hit quote unquote and your, your legs just feel way different. It just, it just becomes a, a completely different race. Like you feel normal the whole time. And then at mile 21, it's just like a, a sheet goes over your, and you're like, okay, now you have marathon, marathon legs, like good luck. And so, uh, like I wore, wore this new sheet and I'm like, okay, let's kind of gauge things out, fill things out. And, uh, I think that's probably why I waited as long as I did because that, um, the marathon legs came on at 21 and I didn't want to like push anything and blow up, uh, a lot of self-doubts of oops went out too fast or oh here come the marathon legs um and then i don't i don't even know uh just kept trucking along just kept trusting that uh everybody else was hurting just as bad as i was and um just assuming that my body was gonna hold up definitely and now uh we'll move into the final four questions i ask every guest so the first one is What's the meanest thing you've read about yourself on let's run.com? <laughs> uh, there are a lot of funny things. I, uh, I, I love the, the virtually unknown, uh, Brogan Austin. It's true. Just the quote of the day. I was so embarrassed when that came out. I say like, 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 uh, uh, uh like, Oh my God, I was about <laughs> to catch them. Um, I just sounded so ridiculous. That alone was probably the worst thing I've read it on Let's Run. As soon as I saw that, I, I was like, oh no, what have I done? I'm sure I've said like about a thousand times on, on this discussion as well. But. Oh, no worries. I think I also like let it slip by. And it's someone, I think, even like reviewed it during in like one of the podcast reviews is like, just stop saying like so much. <laughs> it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's such a good word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next one, funniest drug testing story that you've got, uh, whether it took you like forever to go or whatever it is, man, this was my first drug test. So I, I don't really have a, a long experience about it, but I was, I barely made it to the bathroom. I, when we got there, I was saying, can we, can we get this over with? But they kept saying, we got to do some paperwork first. I'm like, I'm about to go now. We can, I'm like, we need to, we need to get into the bathroom pronto. And, and, uh, as soon as we got in there, uh, the guy who was watching me, he's like, do you, do you want me to turn the water on or anything? And I'm like, Nope, we're, we are good here. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. next one is if you could run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, assuming they could hold a conversational pace with you, where would this run take place and who would it be with? Hmm. That's an interesting question. So I am, I'm 50% Czech actually. So I've always had an affinity for Emil Zatopek or Zapotec. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name. Right. But yeah. So he, the great Czech who, he won the 5k, 10k in the marathon. So uh, I don't know. I think it would just be pretty cool to, to have a run with him. Where would it be? Bring him to Iowa? Oh, where would it be? Well, I've never been to the Czech Republic, so you know, maybe go check out his great country of the Czech Republic, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's billions of other great places to run, but 
that's just off, off the top of my mind. <laughs> cool. And then the last one has nothing to do with running. It's uh, you get 25 shots from half court. If you make one, you win $25 million. If you don't make any, you go to jail for 25 years. Would you attempt oh. the shots? Nah, I don't, I don't need the money. I think I would, I, I gotta, I gotta keep running. Gotta make that Olympic, Olympic team. So I'll, I'll pass on the shots, I guess. That's a, that's that's the answer I would take, but I have to go back and listen and see because we did the we did like a panel uh, podcast with most of the Tin Men in Des Moines during USA's, and so I'm curious like, to see like what they all said at the end of that episode. I know for sure I think Sam and Drew have said yes because uh, they're just maniacs. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right, Brogan, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to start following you. Actually, what is your Instagram for, so that people can follow you? Um, I think if they search Brogan Austin, they should be all right. But I can – let me double check here. Uh, it is Brogan.Austin. Cool. All right, my, yeah. My Instagram, so. Yeah, so people can uh, follow him on there. And I'm sure – yeah, you'll pick up some followers, and it should be interesting to to follow your story, I guess, uh, in the lead-up to Atlanta. So uh, thanks a lot, and congrats. Hey, I appreciate everything, and I appreciate the call. Many thanks to Brogan for taking the time to do that interview. We'll definitely be keeping tracks on his progression uh, over the next couple months and in the lead-up to the 2020 U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. So that does it for this episode of the City Smack Podcast. Once again, many thanks to Kudos for sponsoring the show. If you are interested in the Kudos Coaster Plus and a functional and simple way to show off those race medals, hit the link in the show notes or the banner on CitiusMag.com. And if you make a purchase, part of the sales come back to Cities Mag so we can continue making these podcasts. And much, much more on CitiusMag.com. Check out all the content we've got on there. We've got another episode of... Runners of NYC, which comes out on Tuesday. So check that show out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running.